Hey, this is Annie. And Samantha. And welcome to Stuff I Never Told You, a production of iHeartRadio. So, Samantha, what has been your general experience of negotiating contracts and asking for for what you think you're worth? I have a couple of kind of experiences because for the longest time I worked at government and then I went to work uh, as a nanny and then I came back to government and then I worked as a bartender and then now here, here meaning iHeart. But when I started with the government, there was no negotiating. Like in any government, they are the very like stipulation of getting the bottom pay, whatever it's like, you're worth this to this. Or this mm-hmm. job is worth this to this. You was gonna, you were getting the base pay, no matter what. Um, my first job, you and I talked about this. I think my first job, I was investigating child abuse, and I was getting paid twenty seven thousand, and that's including benefits and all of that, of course. But that still comes out of your check. It's not like they just give you these benefits. And yes, I think. Uh, if you're not in the U.S. and you don't already know, your insurance, your health insurance is based on your job and whether or not you have a job, which apparently, even though we're used to it as Americans, because that's what we know, we're like, of course, that's not a thing outside of here. They're like, people are like, what? Because, you know, yeah. they value their health outside of whether or not they have a good enough job <laughs> uh-huh. to get coverage or whatever. Um, because, yeah, if you have minimum wage, you don't get coverage. If you work minimum wage jobs and that aren't over a certain amount of hours, you are not guaranteed coverage. And, yes, there's many a businesses that make sure you work 38 hours or 39 yeah. hours instead of the 40 hours, uh, which makes you a full-time, so that you can't get these benefits. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so going into that, didn't think that was an option. Went into uh, being a nanny, which paid a lot more. And I had gotten bonuses, and I was promised yearly raises. I never got them. And then finally, I had to have a talk. And I had to continue and persistently ask for a meeting to have my talk about a raise. And I got, I finally got one. It was minimal. But the fact that I did it, I was very proud of myself because I'm not good at confrontation, despite the fact that I sound very strong and sound like I would be. I'm not. I wait till I have the very last minute and then I'm like, okay, 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 I can do this. I can do this. And I finally did it. Go back, going back to uh, working for the government again. Of course, that's not a thing. I tried to negotiate. They don't allow it. As in fact, it took me to get to nine years and two promotions to be even able to ask why. Why isn't this a thing? Especially because the government stopped giving raises, uh, cost of living raises. So by the end, I had gotten three promotions and I was getting paid 36000 mm-hmm. So yeah, that's not a lot for the amount of <laughs> jobs I was doing, um, which ended up me going to work at a bar. Of course, 213, the rest is tips. And don't yeah. get me wrong, I got good tips for a while, so it was great. But yes, the U.S. is also based on a tip system, and we already know that's a whole other conversation yeah. that we could have and how it's those types of services are dominated by women typically, but okay. Mm-hmm. And then came to iHeart. I was very confused by iHeart because <laughs> uh, I will say I did learn from the previous host. You were a great help um, mm-hmm. in trying to figure out what to navigate this. So my experience, very long-windedly, has been... Unusual. It was more about me asking questions. Mm-hmm. What about you? Yeah. So I feel like through my lifetime, I have in various uh, factors, in various ways, I've 
absorbed this messaging that I really have to fight to get paid more. Like if I don't fight, I'm not going to get paid. Right. The they're going to pay me the the minimum amount, which is true in one sense, but also frustrating in the other in terms of that's kind of another job you're placing on someone to explain why I'm worth pay me this much, I'm worth it. Right. Which as we know with women and other marginalized folks, there are a lot of things that make that trickier to do. Um but I always had it in the back of my head that I ha- I'm going to have to negotiate for pay because they're going to be paying me less. Um, so I too, I've been with this company since 2011, but it's been through like seven <laughs> different <laughs> owners. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, with that in mind, uh, for a while I was... They were definitely doing something that I think was illegal um, in my early days where they would hire me for a year, but then I had to take two months off and that was so they didn't have to pay me benefits. Oh, yeah. So that you would be called part-time. Yeah. And in the weirdest way, like that's terrible. I don't approve of it. But it was kind of nice to have those two months off. <laughs> um, I do not approve of it. That's very wrong. But it was kind of nice to be like, well, I'll, I'll, I'm just going to go on a road trip for two months. Although, I mean, that was very, very, very trusting of me to assume the job would be there when I got back. And I was not sure that it would be. But it was. I have probably negotiated four times now with my contract. And it is it's such a frustrating thing because I feel on the one hand, like I want to be, we've read so many articles, right? Like women, women go in there and and do this and do this. And so I feel like I have to do that. But at the same time, it makes me mad that I have to keep all that in mind as right. in like they basically are saying like men just get that, but women have to prove that. Right. So that frustrates me and it gets, I, I get in my head about it. And then it's unfortunately in a lot of in the US and a lot of fields in the US, there's not a lot of transparency when it comes to to pay. And I feel like we've seen a lot of articles and research that are saying basically like women, when they think they're asking for a lot, they're really kind of in the like mid to lower tier right. of what people are getting paid. And it's hard to know the truth of that. Um, and I will say, and our friends in this office were very open, in my experience, um, we're pretty open about this is how much I make. Uh, and this is how I kind of got to this point. But it's hard. There's a guilt factor. And you and I were talking about this. Um, there's a guilt factor of kind of a, like an imposter level syndrome thing. But also just feeling like, it's hard to argue you're worth this amount of money when you're not sure where the baseline is. Right. And also, you are struggling with maybe some self-esteem issues or yeah, this imposter syndrome where you're like, what if this is the thing that they say, no, you're not worth that amount of money? Right. <laughs> and how devastating that could be. Right.
in many in many aspects when we talked about our contract we were coming back uh, there was a specific situation in which you know we were told hey can you do this for us and in our minds we're like oh yeah sure 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 wait what wait no that's this doesn't wait this doesn't make sense because you're asking us to do something gaslighting us to make us think that it's for us but then right. when, we, when we sit here and think about it we're like wait that's more work for us what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then having that moment of realizing we felt guilty and almost said yes mm-hmm. to, to some situations, to many situations, actually, because we just, you know, of course, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, we'll help, we'll help. Not realizing that this is more work on us mm-hmm. without paying us and making us think that if we don't do it, yeah. we're letting other people down. Yes. Yes. And I think that's a big key to this point when we are talking about women specifically or marginalized people specifically, that we, I won't speak for you, Samantha, but I really enjoy this job. I love it. There's ups and downs for sure. But in general, like I really love it. And I feel there's so many instances of the capitalist system kind of weaponizing that of like, you like your job, right? You want to do a good job, right? You can be easily replaced. You know that, right? Um, That puts you in this situation where you feel like you have to say yes to these things. um, That to, in order to succeed, you basically are not going to get paid what you're worth. Right. And you just have, that's just the way it is. You have to go on without proper compensation. And... Also with women, I feel like there's a level of weaponizing empathy because we do feel like we're letting other people down. It's not just right. the like financial aspect, which is important. I'm not downplaying that at all. But like there is the there's another person on on the other side of this. And I don't want to let you down, but at the same time, you're a huge company. <laughs> you can like pay for this. Right. Well, I mean, there's kind of a couple of things to that because the things that we are taught in this country. So again, I'm going to keep this in the U.S. because I know other countries have a little better setup or a completely different setup either way, where A, we're told, yes, you should find a job that you love. So it's not work to you. You're getting paid for something you love, right? So that Mm -hmm. means I can pay you less, hopefully, because you love this. This is what you're passionate about. And it's kind of this weird narrative that we've been fed so long that we've accepted this. Like, I love my job. Yes, I would do this without pay. Almost like that kind of level. Like, wait, why should we have to even have that conversation? Why can't we be paid for doing something that I do love, but making you money? Right. Okay. And then this other bit of, if you don't do your part, and I think this goes, again, more for women, if you don't do your part, you're going to push that onto someone else. So this is your yeah. fault. So I'm thinking specifically with my government job and even with this job. I know you and I have talked about this. We don't really take vacations because if we're needed, we'll answer. Mm-hmm. But in my government job, I absolutely never took a vacation longer than four days. And within those four days would be weekends because no one could do what I do without taking on a whole new caseload. And they specifically do that to you. Mm-hmm. so that you don't leave. So you, to be fair, I did eventually get paid out for my vacation time, not when I was in defects and I worked overtime and they did they contested my overtime and did not pay me out because that's what they do. That is that like implication in that conversation that if you don't do this, 
it's not the government who suffers, it's your coworkers. So mm-hmm. are you going to do that to someone else, to you? And I think it would be kind of similar for us because we are our individual hosts, but our, our producer, wonderful Christina, would be scrambling if we were like, eh, bye, and didn't have yeah. a plan for this. And of course, mm-hmm. there's one thing to be responsible, but mm-hmm. it, like if we abruptly had to leave for an emergency, yeah. I would be giving you all this work that you would have to do to scramble around without me. And I would have an immense amount of guilt. But the corporations give no shits. Right. They just want their money. Exactly, exactly. And I know it's a it's a big point of conversation, as it should be right now and always, but like companies kind of using that whole idea of, you know, oh, we're family. And, we're family. Oh, Right. Right. And and I like I love my coworkers, but there you do have to draw the line because many of my coworkers are coworkers are friends, like legit. Right. But there's a line between work that a company is making money off of and kind of using that line to guilt you into working for free essentially. Right. Or feeling miserable or taking on this extra load or this extra guilt, which I do think a lot of women do. And when I think about, like, I'm just thinking about my friends and hearing uh, my women friends and hearing their experiences with their jobs and how they'll just, like, stress to make sure somebody's vacation is perfect, which is really sweet. But it's also, you're taking on this extra stuff and you're not getting paid for it. And I think the conversation, too, is, once again, who is benefiting in all of this and who is being hurt? Um, And when it comes down to it, those who are ahead and have found a way to give all of those responsibilities to those who don't have as large voices, mm-hmm. don't really care. They don't really see. Yeah. And no matter what, no matter what we may hear, when it comes to larger corporations, when it comes to being valued, there is an agenda. <laughs> there sure. is an agenda, and we have to be careful of that. And But again, coming to... For me specifically, I came from a government job that paid one-third of what I'm getting paid now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I am grateful. But because of that mentality, I'm yeah. being told I should be grateful and not actually get paid instead of re- not realizing, hey, I wasn't being paid for my previous job. And it right. absolutely is wrong. And that is a corrupt system because that's based on government because I was a government worker. Mm-hmm. And I feel the same way about teachers. <laughs> anyway, but mm-hmm. coming into this uh, non-government work into a corporate world which makes billions of dollars likes to talk about how much money they make and I guess that's supposed to be a comforting note mm-hmm. but then you start looking at your own job listings what you take on and then see mm-hmm. the pay and you start having questions and mm-hmm. I came in with a see isn't this a better pay than what you were getting you should be grateful sure. I mean at one point in time I kind of was told that mm-hmm. see what am, you're, you're having so much better mental health. I'm like, you know what? Actually, that's not true because my <laughs> mental health is my mental health and this causes me just as much anxiety in a new way. <laughs> <laughs> but it's I'm still sorry, there. Don't laugh at you. Um, <laughs> no, I laugh because I'm like, yeah, sure, it's different, but it's still there. <laughs> no, I totally hear you. Yeah, and I know like before, when you and I were first talking about like you coming on, uh, we had a cheese night, and as we love to do. And I said, like, I felt so much guilt that I got paid more than my dad did. Um, and he'd gone to 13 years of college to be a lawyer and then a professor. 
And I think like there's a different conversation between we are not paying people what they're worth and especially like jobs dominated by women like teachers. They should get they should get paid so much money. Right. And the kind of comparison trap that you get into where you think I'm not worth that because this person should be worth more. Like we aren't in control of those systems. If I had my way, then yeah, teachers are getting paid way more than me. Right. And again, this is kind of the same conversation that we have when we talk about marginalized communities going after each other instead of seeing the higher problem, the bigger problem. They do the same thing. It's like so many people's arguments about forgiving student loans, so many people's arguments about uh, minimum wage being raised is that they did not earn it. So mm-hmm. why should I care? And why should they get it if I didn't get it? Like there's this level of like saying this is unfair for me. I didn't get yeah. it. So. But because the system has rigged it that that's what you see and that's what you they want you to blame instead of talking about the system um, yeah. in itself. And I know I'm about to go into a rant about capitalism <laughs> and all of these like narratives that are so wrong in which they want to continue to make sure that there is a large gap between wealth and blue collar. Like there is just this giant narrative that people still keep feeding into because it becomes, I didn't get that. Why should they? Right. Which, if you're that person, you need to look at yourself. A, B, truly, truly see how would have been beneficial and maybe it would be better for your kids along the end, even though you may not have gotten it. Your Mm -hmm. kids, wouldn't it be so much better? I hope you love your kids enough if this is you (laughs) or your niece or, you know, the younger communities, but you want them to have the better end. You want them to have the things that you wish you had. Like th- those are the conversations yeah. that I really think is the that's being left behind, because empathy is a rare. Even though everybody wants to say they're empaths, I'm not even gonna go there. <laughs> B, the system has worked so well in brainwashing. Oh my god, I swear to God, I'm not talking about conspiracies, <laughs> but in brainwashing so many of us into finding somewhere someone else to blame outside of seeing the bigger picture. I agree, and I think. On top of that, it's it's really everybody, but especially when it comes to marginalized folks and women, it's been so, the system has been so effective at turning us all into victim blamers and all of us saying, I'm not worth that. Um, or because right now the space is so small that we allow, like we're always shrinking and always trying to take up as little space as possible. That in the back of your head, you're just, yeah, that kind of grateful mentality, like they could replace me in a heartbeat and it would be easy. And it's very, very damaging. And I think in these, those articles that are like, women, here's how you negotiate, like I get it, but they annoy me so much. Right, right. And let's be honest, first of all, they are not very helpful because they're not, they're too generic. They're a good starting point, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. Some of them are, Each yeah. <laughs> company, they act differently. There's some mm-hmm. amazing companies uh, that you should look towards and would hopefully set up some standards. But for me, like coming into a whole different world, I had to ask a lot of questions. And yeah. I'm a nosy person, so I was willing. Mm-hmm. I started asking everyone to the mm-hmm. point they're like, what, 
what what's happening? Are you trying to trap me? <laughs> I'm like, no, I just I don't know this business. And I want to understand what this is. Yeah. And that's a really good point. I think that's a good point to end on. As frustrating as it is, as much as it shouldn't be this way, I do find, I take heart in when I took this job, the past host, Kristen and Caroline, gave me so much. Like, when you negotiate, ask for this. Make sure they do that. Like, they were very open. And if they hadn't been, I would have probably not even known to ask. Right. And I love that I'm seeing that happen where the women in our friend group and our support group and our colleagues are being very like, look, I had to fight for this, but I think it's important. You should definitely ask for this. Kind of finding that camaraderie. Right. Yeah. I agree with you 100%. Don't be afraid to ask. Mm -hmm. Don't be afraid to talk. If someone tells you something is illegal and it sounds sketchy, go look it up for yourself because it probably is. (laughs) Yes. Yes. (laughs) I remember like somebody told me once uh, it was illegal to say how much you made. And I I was asking around about it and they're like, no, it's not. (laughs) That would be terrible in like a mafia world we're living in. So yeah, definitely ask. (laughs) Definitely ask, and hopefully, I think we can return to this maybe. I would love to look into now in our time of like pandemic and COVID and the great resignation, how negotiating has changed and how people have kind of, their mindset has changed around it. So yeah, sure, we'll come back to that. But in the meantime, listeners, if you would like to email us, you can. Our email is stuffmediamomstuff at iheartmedia.com. You can find us on Twitter at momstuffpodcast or on Instagram at Stuff I Never Told You. Thanks, as always, to our super producer, Christina. She's a badass. Mm-hmm. And thanks to you for listening. Stuff I Never Told You is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. 